Welcome to the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, your premier North American rugby podcast. Growing rugby, one fan at a time. Welcome to the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, your premier North American rugby podcast. Growing rugby, one fan at a time. And welcome, rugby fans, to another thrilling episode here on the Run, Pass, or Kick interviews with myself, Ty, the Sapper Braga, and joining me as per usual, we got Rob, the Hammer Hammerschmidt. But more importantly, who is in the hot seat here today for the Run, Pass, or Kick interviews? And we welcome back the CEO and founder of PR7's Owen Scannell. Welcome back, my friend. Thanks, Ty, and thanks, Rob. It's really good to be back. Um, I'm, I'm glad I didn't, didn't mess it up so much the first time that I warranted a second invite, so thrilled, thrilled to get the uh, the second look here. Yeah, you can't mess it up. I mean, you're on the uh, PR7s, and, and so many of your stature is on the level in U.S. rugby and so critical that we cannot have somebody like yourself on there. It would, it would be a travesty. Yeah. Uh, we'd almost be not doing our job very well if, if we didn't invite you on. So right. I mean, our show is only legitimized with your presence. Um, <laughs> the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me in the last couple of months. I'll take it. I'll take it. 138 episodes have come to this moment for us. Yeah. Uh, don't yeah, disappoint. Love to hear it. Um, love to hear it. <laughs> so I wanted to be able to give fans who are tuning in, uh, not only for those that are here to hear you for the second time, because they are, of course, great Sevens fans, but for those who might be tuning in for the first time as well, Owen himself has a rich rugby resume when it comes to everything here on U.S. soil. And we can also think about that being stretched across North America in general, because his influence is widespread. It begins where most fans would know you from your time at the Free Jacks, uh, being involved with operations. You're a part of setting up an entirely new franchise in its inaugural uh, seasons there. Uh, And your influence is still very much seen in some of those circles, especially when you talk about development, spotting players, you know, there's wonderful crossovers with the MLR and that of the PR7s, a great relationship that we spoke about in the last uh, time we were here and we'll continue to do so every time you are. Um, But more importantly, you were a part of the makeup that brought professional sevens domestic league for the first time to the United States. And you did so on a platform that allowed everybody to view it and also an equal platform for both men and women. And these are some of the great takeaways that we've spoken about in the past, and we'll continue to touch on them because they're important enough. But Owen, really, this is an opportunity for fans to be able to get a deeper insight as PR7s has moved away from its first season. We're now moving into its third uh, uh, time around. So uh, there's a lot of exciting stuff to be able to share, and that's why you are here on the run, parcel, kick interviews, but it's best I hand it back to my colleague, Rob Hammerschmidt, to remember, and folks, how it goes. Thank you, Ty. And once again, a, a warm welcome, Owen. It's a pleasure to have you back, and we can't wait to share you and a little bit more about PR7s with our fans, and we do that with the run, pass, or kick interview style. Very unique and original to the Rugby Rant Podcast show. Here's how it works for those who are uninitiated. Yeah, that's right. 
bam, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> so uh, this is how it works. For those who are uninitiated, we're going to throw questions at Owen and prompt each question with run, pass, or kick. Owen gets to have a choice. Just like any good rugby player, he's got to make a decision quick as a bunny. And his three options are he can run with it, meaning he can answer it. He can pass it, meaning he just really wants to get rid of the ball together and therefore not answer the question. Or he can have a little fun with us, put us on the defensive, and he can kick some questions. I'd like to remind Owen that uh, in sevens, they don't kick very much. Uh, but a run, pass, or kick interview works a little differently. So he can kick as much as he likes. That's his options. So I just have one question, Owen. Well, one to start. Are you ready for the run, pass, or kick challenge, my friend? I, I'm very ready. I, I think I uh, had the the uh, fortunate distinction of having no passes last time, and uh, I think I, I think I might have got all runs and maybe a kick or two here or there. So you know, I'm feeling feeling good, but I'm ready for ready ready for whatever you throw at me. Uh, that's about on par with all the forwards that come on our show. So you're yeah. you're in good stead. So we're gonna we're gonna run an, uh, a quick and easy one at you here, Owen. Um, Run, pass, or kick, a contest was announced prior to the start of the 2023 season. Fans could suggest the names for the two new teams joining the league from California and Pennsylvania. So, again, run, pass, or kick, what were some of the best entries that did not make the list? Oh, this is a good This is a good one. Um, and, you know, the in all – well, I'm probably going to have to – I can run with it for a little bit. And I think my memory – this is actually a little bit of a brain teaser for me because they were, it all popped up on our Instagram. So I may have to – may have to abort with a pass because I can't remember – there's a couple of really good ones. And um, I forget what they are off the top of my head. But there was – it was one of the most – I mean, we look at – when we track, in, you know, our engagement on social and digital, you know, like, like any uh, any kind of – up and coming media company would. Um, and there were a lot of responses and a lot of feedback, particularly from people in those areas about building out the names. Um, you know, I think it was, if anything, it was one of those, um, th those, those things that we've done that where you see, okay, there's, there's something here where this is getting out to people and people are really enthusiastic about it. So um, I can't quite, there's a really good example, and I'm sure it's going to hit me sometime in like 20 2 a.m. in the morning. I'd be like, oh, there morning. it is. I'll follow up, and I'll just send an email saying, here's what it was. This was the one that made me laugh yeah. the most. This we'll jump back on, re-edited, like it never happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You can always come back and, and throw it in there. But um, no, it was it was a really fun process to, to go through. I think, you know, knowing, because right. we it was kind of dual tracked with where we had, um, you know, where we, we knew we were going to be playing this upcoming year. Um, and so the opportunity to not just come up with the team name, but then also have those teams be really part of a host market and, and, and be able to actually have them play in the city uh, was a really fun, fun process and fun, fun project. And I think, you know, hopefully, um, you know, those those uh, two weekends will be the July stops for us um, in San Jose and then in Pittsburgh. Um, really excited to see kind of the impact of having a, a home franchise that each market will have and, and what that fan experience is like. So um, very, very fun process. Yeah. 
And, and I love that a part of that fun, you've, you you know, we're talking about the names just a moment ago, how you got everybody to be getting involved, fan engagement, super high on the priority list, right? Um, and such a simple way, social media. I often feel like this is actually to the detriment of many other rugby organizations that they're not using the simple, easy to use, free tool more often. And it's such a simple way. Hey, you know, tag us with a name that you think. Like it's endless. Anybody can participate. It's such an easy way to gain access and, and be engaged. So smart on your part and fun for the fans too. And of course, that's kind of a, a continuing theme through a lot of the stuff that you guys do because it's got a very fan-friendly culture. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, a, a quick kick. Did you all have anything that you submitted that you were... I think Rob did. Oh, yeah. yeah, Rob, did you submit anything? Yeah, the SoCal Breakers. I kind of thought that was uh, germane to you know that area, and and it and it. I know it was used by the USFL, but I I really thought it was um, much more appropriate for for a Southern California team, and I think a lot of people could really judging by the look on Owen's face. That was not on his list of highlights. No, I did like the Breakers. It was the um the the only challenge was I I think we were. Um, looking at the northern Northern California one, and I was like, I don't know if you think yeah, the surfing right. is as good there, or you know, I, I, it's so it's a little bit of a, a gap for me. But I did, I do like the name of the Breakers, and you know, so it was eliminated in the first of, round. Uh, yeah, um. so it's a lot of opportunity <laughs> for that to, you know, that that may be a future one. So you know, we have. I you know, like it. I like it. Marked. Well, let me take the opportunity to turn our attention to the next question here: Run, pass, or kick, Owen. Uh, for the 2023 season ahead, uh, PR7s has undergone a number of changes, exciting ones, of course. Um, new host cities have been announced, two expansion teams. You know, it really is kind of, you can see, another step forward, kind of a level up for PR7s, which is what we've consistently seen each time you have done it. Um, but here lies the, my, my question. One of these was the fact that you had introduced these two teams that were kind of localized to the regions with the, uh, the Retrievers and the uh, uh, Steel Toes, right? We briefly touched on this a moment ago. Was this always a part of the plan right from the start when you sat at a table around it with everybody else and you thought, this is how we're going to do it in year one, two, and three, or did this naturally evolve down the road? No, it was definitely always uh, always a part of the plan. Um I, I, you know, the, the plan, I don't think unfolded exactly the way that we anticipated in, in 2021, but, you know, when we were looking back in kind of the original 2020, you know, winter 2020 to uh, early 2021 timeframe, um, there were a lot of different work streams going on at the same time. I think, um, you know, where we wanted to, and really kind of the re only reason why we didn't start out with uh, putting uh, regions or names on the front of the team, ge sorry, geographic names on the front of the right. team, um, was we didn't really know where we were going to play. Um, and, you know, I think where um, after our first season being in Memphis and then expanding um, you know, to to San Jose, D.C. and Austin, you know, we started to get a good sense of the footprint of where, you know, uh, where we could play, you know, what kind of venues uh, fit our, our, our model um, and, and what sort of regions made most sense to start having those. But when we were working with the um, our, our uh, designer and kind of brand um, brand developer, uh, the idea was to have teams that you could easily put into a place once they were ready. So you know we didn't want to have 
names that were kind of, you know, uh, I don't want to say arbitrary or, 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 or random, but things where you could say, okay, this team in theory, you know, once we kind of took that second step, we could easily put that moniker on the front, right? So, you know, like mm-hmm. the the experts had that, you know, with the kind of double black diamonds had a, you know, a, a Rocky Mountain connotation, it's either there or, you know, the Appalachians, um, but, you know, Rocky Mountain felt like a fit. Um, it was similar with the locals, right? It's, you know, the, the New York subway style branding um, with the train, you know, it has that connectivity. Um, so it was always part of that, um, you know, we, we always thought it was going to be a, a part of it. I think this actually probably happened quicker uh, than you might have imagined or that we probably did imagine originally. Um, but we're you know, really excited to see what it will do for, you know, I, I think the, 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 the fan engagement piece and, 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 and the localized live event experience for fans, um, but also to start to actually build out deeper identities and, and to the teams and, and help them connect more closely to you know, the, the, the communities, the rugby communities on each one of the markets that we'll be in this summer. So, um, you know, it, it's it's definitely an exciting step. I'm really excited about it. It's kind of probably the thing I'm most excited about. Maybe I've been, I don't say the most, but um, you know, definitely one of the, the things that I think is going to be. Lots of things to be excited about, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so it's definitely, uh, definitely a nice step for us. I, well, I- Go ahead, Ty. Oh, no, no, no. Actually, Rob, I wanted you to respond. I actually have another question that popped in my head that I'm going to insert in the middle here when you're sure. done with your uh, your response there, Rob. Or can I jump in now? No, go ahead now. Yeah. I'm going to intercept yeah. this one again. Okay. Absolutely. Just don't knock it out, Ty. I'll ask the so, so something you said a moment ago, which was, you know, you didn't really know when you were going to bring these names in and kind of have geographical uh, places for them because there wasn't a home yet, right? So that makes sense. Now, I, I'm curious, and, and we've had the conversations with fans, and I kind of that's why it popped into my head. Memphis was chosen as the first location, Order Zone mm-hmm. Park. Um, mm-hmm. It was about 5,000 attendants or at least 5,000 seater stadium, sorry, should I say. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was an old, you know, I think minor league baseball field, if I'm correct, right? Mm-hmm. So since then, um, there hasn't been a plan to return. Mm-hmm. Uh, Is there, there any reason why? No, not, no reason why. I think just, you know, largely one of the things with baseball venues um, that, that pops up is scheduling becomes a real challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when especially we especially in July, especially in <laughs> yeah, July, right, fair enough. Most a lot of home stands, right? Days of the week, um, it's you know, and 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 a big part of that's field conversion too. So you know, when we think about the operations, we looked at a lot, actually, a lot of minor league baseball stadiums to start. Um, one of the kind of really nice trends for us, uh, at least in the kind of development in, of the um, really North American. Um, I guess sporting infrastructure is just how many new 10 to 25,000 seat soccer stadiums are being built. You know, when we looked at the, the process that we went out in 2021 and kind of what would, what was finished and complete in construction versus in planning phase, um, you know, every city, I mean, the, the number of cities that now have that, that kind of you know, new venue in a, in a great spot, um, it almost doubled. Right. And, and, and so, um, you know, and, and from a scheduling perspective, MLS um, or, or USL, and those are, are relatively, you know, easier to schedule around. Um, but, you know, I think we'd love to go back to Memphis. Um, I, you know, we think we had a fantastic time. I, you know, I think it was, you know, it's a it's a fantastic rugby market um, and really just kind of, I think, comes down to, you know, just finding the right window in, in you know, a subsequent year. And 
it would be a perfect perfect place to have a headliners game. So we are, um, but almost almost certainly, would, you know, I think it's definitely on our plans down the road, and, and you know, as potentially as soon as next year. So Excellent, fans are will be happy to hear that, especially down there, having yeah. been the host of the first event. You know, they they're invested in it, and great to be able to see that. You know, when the opportunity may arise, there could be a chance down the road. Yeah, absolutely. And we've been talking about a lot of the changes that have taken place from the first iteration in 2021 and now going into the third year of PR7s in 2023. That's the origin of my next question. So run, pass, or kick. Another major change, speaking of changes, is the conference format with an East and Western conference Mm -hmm. being completely and competing completely separate up until the final weekend. So again, run, pass, or kick. What was the rationale behind organizing the season in this way, which is a little bit different from what we see out of sevens, where there's a circuit and all teams participate in each leg of the circuit? Yeah, no, it's uh, definitely run. I mean, this is this is uh, this is um, probably the one I'd want to run with the most of all, of all the questions. Um, no, I, I think the really what when we've been looking at our you know the evolution of PR7s is 2021 and what kind of 2021 2022 into 2023 you know Memphis we started out with with 10 total teams we had an 8 hour day um rugby nonstop from 9 a.m. till 5 p.m. um it was it was fantastic um it was also a lot and i think one of the things that we've looked at you know in kind of shifting down to to eight teams um, it was, I think one, we wanted to make sure that we could build out this, these, these franchises with, with complete equity with, between the men's and the women's teams. Um, but you know, it was, it was a priority for us going to year two. Um, I think the, the second piece was really largely to, you know, to, to make sure that we were honing and refining the sevens product in a way that was conducive for a North American audience. So you know, one of the big steps with this upcoming year is we've actually taken out four of the matches um, that you'd expect that if you watched our matches last year, we had uh, four matches, a break, four matches, a break, and then the consolation and finals for each stop. And this year it'll just be semifinals and consolation and finals. So two, two hour blocks of matches. The thinking there is that we really want to hone and sharpen and refine a sevens product that really can capture the new rugby fans, you know, hearts and minds, right? Um, and interest, really, I think, what it, ultimately what it comes down to. Um, but but something that is a little bit punchier, um, where every match matters, every match is significance. Um, you know, you, there's no matches off, but we aren't overwhelming you with matches. I mean, it's still a five-hour, you know, entertainment day for for a fan that's going to be in there, there in person um, and, and four hours for, um, you know, if you're if you're watching at home. Um, but really just to make it so that it was really heightened the stakes, I guess, it was, was, was a, was a primary concern for us this year to try and do something a little bit different and a little bit more American or, or, or Canadian, um, that, that would resonate with that type of fan. Um, I think the other thing that we wanted to do with the, with the conference play, um, you know, we wanted to have more teams. We wanted to have more, you know, we thought there was, you know, sufficient talent to to um, you know, to to build out eight really competitive men's teams and women's teams, um, and and thought that it was a good time to do that. Um, the the conferences largely, I think, exist to create 
the competitive stakes, right? It's to create that that kind of fifth and final championship game where teams have, you know, they have almost a regular season and a playoffs now, right? Where you have to perform throughout the regular season in order to qualify for the championship tournament. Um, we thought a conference structure was a really intuitive way of doing it. It also helps us keep, um, you know, increase the scope of the league without necessarily increasing the duration of the match day to fit more competition in um, helps us go to more markets. Um, it'll be a little bit leaner with the number of people we have on the road. Um, and I think hopefully makes a really compelling and suspenseful comp- you know, competition. Um, and, and so, you know, that's, that's, I think the, the piece, the, the, the biggest piece of the puzzle um, from, from my perspective of what, the importance of the conferences are and, and why they exist is to really drive that idea that you know every game that or every match that that a team plays between you know, from the first whistle in Austin to the end of Pittsburgh is really going to be important. And you know, for the with the idea that you know you you can't take a game off because you might not get the plane ticket to go to DC. So um, that's uh that that I think will be a really exciting development and one I think we're really going to be focused on building that narrative throughout the season. And while we, we are on the topic, I, I want you to be able to remind fans of those important dates and where they can tune in to be able to learn and experience that. I mean, of course, it's all happening in June, but let's get into the details. For sure. So the season kicks off. It'll be the Eastern Conference will start in, in Austin. That's hosted by the Texas team. Um, that'll be on June 17th at Q2 Stadium. I believe that begins at 4 p.m. Central Time. Um, That'll also be carried on CBS Sports Network for the first two hours, and then we'll be making an announcement on the other two hours uh, very shortly. Um, second week in the Western Conference kickoff will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota at TCO Stadium. That's June 24th. Um, that will be carried live on Tubi, and then will be re-aired on FS1 the following morning. Um, there's a There will be a gap in early July. Um, then the Western Conference will return for the Western Conference Finals. That'll be in San Jose at PayPal Park. Um, that will be on CBS Sports Network, um, as will the following week in the Eastern Conference Finals, which will actually be a Sunday, uh, July 23rd. Uh, that will be on CBS Sports uh, Sports Network as well. Um, that'll be at Highmark Stadium in Pittsburgh. Um, and I think I, I think I've hit all of the dates, the times, the venues, hopefully. But if you if according you, if, to my list over here, yes. So, uh, but, it, but if good, if good job, Owen. PR7s.com/schedule, which will give you all of that. Uh, right, it'll be a lot more succinct and and more relevant to to what you're interested in. So, right, and, and I got to say, Owen, I I have been up to the TCO uh, Stadium up there in Minnesota, mm-hmm. and I was doing a little research and preparation. Um, ticket prices are really reasonable for those looking to go up there. I think sixteen fifty is the start, which is, you know, a really reasonable price for a really good afternoon. And that venue is uh, absolutely awesome. It's where the Vikings practice, and it's it's where they host their facility. And it's a, you know, it's a shameless plug. Going, this is what I'm doing. Um, but there's a hotel to stay at right across, kind of the the creek and park, and you can walk right from that parking lot and and the hotel right over to the venue. It's a beautiful venue, ample you know seating, ample access to you know refreshments and and things of that nature. They even have nice tables at one end where you can sit, relax, enjoy a beverage. Uh, but great facility. So good choice on that one. That one I've been to, I can speak to with experience. I, I, I went there actually for the first time last week. Um, and it, I, normally I, I do a site visit before we go anywhere. This is the one we did sight unseen just because uh, 
uh, Sean Linder Smith, our director of operations, is based out of Minneapolis and did a thorough site visit and right. you know, actually asked. We have boots on the ground there, so you trusted that. He asks a lot more relevant questions than I do. You know, I I I, I ask. You know, I think the, the the people there probably you know are, are tired with what I have what I bring to the table on that. But um, <laughs> no, I was it was a really cool. I think it's going to be a really awesome event there. Um, you know, it, it's a very intimate stadium right around, you know, kind of that capacity is right at that, you know, 6,000, you know, you're, no one's, no one's got, there's no bad seat in the house, but it's got all the amenities. It's got all the, you know, the, the pieces of uh, what you'd expect from a, you know, modern sporting entertainment facility. And so, you know, really excited, really excited about going, going to TCO. And I think that'll be a really, you know, cool, cool event for for um there being i think one of the the first pro rugby events in in minneapolis so. mm -hmm. good stuff and again reminder for folks who want to learn more about that go and check out pr7s online and of course follow them on social media you'll get all the news as it is revealed and of course the schedules and your opportunity to get those tickets uh oh and let's take the opportunity here and dive into the next question before we head out into our break and what fans know is the quick tap when we return now, here it comes. Run, parcel, kick. We know what you're probably going to run. I mean, that's what the theme is here today, and that's the great thing about sevens, right? A lot of running rugby. So here it is. PR7s recently hosted for the first time a draft system. Mm -hmm. What was your expectations going into it and your assessment after it? Yeah, I, I can I can run, run with it. Um, you know, the... The, the draft, I think, was a really, you know, it, it was a great thing. The way we set it up, I think, was was really well done. Um, I, I really like, you know, I think um, I got to give a lot of credit to Mike Tolkien for managing and, and, and you know, getting that process organized where, you know, I think there were a number of things. My contributions made it very hard to manage, I think, is really what, what, <laughs> my, what my, uh, my takeaway is from it. Um, you know, we, we tried one of the things we, um, you know, we wanted to do. Right, you know, with, with the teams, is we wanted to create continuity, and you know, mm -hmm. I think an important piece of that, um, you know, for the rosters, right, is to you know develop kind of I think ident, you know, player consistency and continuity on rosters that they were already on, um, in a manner that was fair and created a great competition and equitable to all of the new teams coming in. So that way, they you know, it wasn't like there were this two tier system of, of of teams that had really you know strong advantages because they had all the existing players. Um, but also to kind of keep if there was a, you know, a, a face of, of a team to make sure that they were still on that roster and able, you know, to and kind of built that, you know, that identity um, around, right. around that team. Um, you know, it was a, I think it was a great process. I think, you know, I'm, I'm really kind of happy with how a lot of the teams came together and, and how um, you know, I, I think just looking at all the different rosters that are coming out now on, on our social um, it's going to be a really, really good competition. Um and you know, I, I think uh, it will be very hard for, you know, if you're a, 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 a an odds maker or handicapper on this to, to figure out who is ultimately going to win this just because, um, you know, I think there's, you know, there's not really any advantage anywhere on there. So very, very pleased with how it happened. And I think, um, you know, it will be interesting to see kind of in subsequent years how we do that, um, you know, going forward. All right. 
So what we're going to do over here is we're, uh, again, reminding our fans that we're here with Owen Scannell from the PR7s. Uh, we'll get to be learning more and more about it as we continue. But what we're going to do is head out into a break here. We're going to be back in a moment with Rob taking the lead on the quick tap. So we'll be back in just a few moments after we hear a little bit more from one of our partners. Welcome to the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, your premier North American rugby podcast. Growing rugby, one fan at a time. When we pick up the ball, we also pick up a legacy. A legacy that stretches beyond your current team. A legacy built on the backs of those who came before you with hard work. And for those who will come after you, we promise it won't be easy. But we'll be there, supporting you on and off the field. Welcome back, everybody, to the Run Pass for Kick interview. And we, of course, have Owen Scannell, from the PR7s, and we're talking a bit about some of the changes that have been made uh, from 2022 to 2023, and he shared a lot of information with us, but we want to have a little fun with Owen in the middle and in the meat of this. So we're going to go ahead and jump into our quick tap, and again, for those that have been around, they know that quite simply, it's a this or that, and Owen has to run with each one of these. He can't kick. He can't pass. He has got to make do with the two answers that are given to him. So we're going to start right away. We've got, uh, well, I added one tie, so we got a fair five. Um, mm-hmm. But here we go. Would you rather see, Owen, big hits or big plays? Oh, big plays. Um, I, I get I, the, uh, it, it's been a, a consistent theme of my rugby career that uh, I, you know, contact is not something that I'm, I'm, I'm super, uh, <laughs> super fond of. Um, no, I, I, I the, uh, over your shoulder <laughs> says that. Yeah, um, <laughs> the turnstile. That was, you know, that was, that was uh, any any team that played against us often enough started to learn where to run at. Um, but no, I, I think um, you know from my, you know, I think the the scoring ultimately, or you know, any sort of you know great piece of continuity. Um, I think that just. Uh, of all the things I think that connect the most with, with fans, um, you know, I, I think that uh, just generally that is, you know, for my own preferences, that's there. But I also just extending back to, to everything, you know, con- I'm, you know the contact never, I'm always a little worried about, you know, don't, don't want anybody to get hurt or anything. So, I, you know, plays, good plays, everyone feels happy. So. All right. This is a tough one. See, I mean, you, you played, you're a rugby player yourself. You've been there, done that. You obviously have a lot of contact with uh, some great rugby players. So the big question here, do you think rugby player would rather win an Olympic gold medal? Cause we got the sevens there or a world cup title, which is representing the 15th. I mean, I think, I think I have a bias here. I think an Olympic gold medal would be, um, you know, would be, you know, I, I obviously, boosting the seven side of the, of the equation. But, you know, I think for the game in the U S and one of the things that I think would be maybe the most transformative is just the opportunity to see Americans excelling on, you know, in, in conjunction with some of the best athletes in the world. Um, and, and really having that kind of connection to it from a broadcast perspective, you know, I, I think, um, 
one of the most exciting things about having rugby the Olympics is the possibility that you know we could have um, you know our you know our, our best you know men's or best women's players in in sevens playing in a prime time broadcast slot. Um, you know, that's a really cool, I think, uh, I guess, engine for growth for, for the, uh, for the sport, just to get that visibility. Um, and so I'm going to go with Olympic gold. Um, uh, although I'm not, you know, I think I'd love to, you know, I think a rugby world cup would do that as well. Just, it might, it, you know, it might be a, you know, uh, I think there's that little bit of, of just extra connectivity to, you know, new fans that, Hey, you watch the swimming and then the rugby came on and that was where they got hooked. It's got a broader appeal. Everybody knows what an Olympic gold means, no matter if you know the sport Mm -hmm. or not. Exactly. Exactly. Good answer. Yeah. I, 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 very good answer. Not, not shocked uh, at all going with a little bit more of the seven side of things, Uh, (laughs) but um, your rationale made all the sense in the world. So the next one is, would you, and, and this is, I, I think Ty did this one, so kudos to him. Very good question. I like it. Would you rather have a star player from a poor team or an average player or athlete from a star team? Um, I think a I think a star player from a poor team. Um, and I think one of the cool things uh, you know that we'll see in, in PR sevens is you know you'll start to get the you know a, a mix of players where it's not just contingent on where you're where you're born or where you where you grew up but rather you know your your skill level um and so i, I think a lot of what we're doing and in particular the fact that we're north american focused and, and you know connected to not just you know, the u.s but also you know canada mexico the caribbean and, and central america and central and south america um is really the opportunity for great players who may never get a structural chance to play on the international circuit um to play in our competition um and so I think, uh, you know, I think one of the, the hopes for PR sevens in a couple of years is that um, you'll start to see some really great sevens players um, come out of it that might not come from, an, you know, a, a uh, you know, a tier one or traditional rugby nation, um, but also get the kind of opportunity to showcase themselves on a, on a big stage. So I will go star, uh, star from a, a lesser known country. Gotcha. That sounds good. I like that answer as well. So far, you're batting a thousand. All right, next one. Uh, which conference is going to come out on top this season, the East or the West? Oh, that's a tough. You don't one. have to pick a team. Is, is it is the team going to come from the East or West? That's that's well. It de- it depends, men's or women's. Um, you know, I guess from a United Championship perspective, the headliners hold. And they have a pretty good team, and they have a lot of returning stars, um, and they're in the East. So, you know, I think I have to lean towards the East on just a, you know, from a continuity and success perspective. But, you know, there's a lot of teams in the West that are 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 looking, I think, pretty pretty sharp. And um, so, I don't know. I, I think um, it's a coin flip, but I'll go fifty point five percent to to the. <laughs> well you must have been an accountant and as yeah. uh, in major all right uh last question here uh we were talking about you know team names and the possibility for pr sevens expanding in the next couple of years and i'm rather fond of coming up with uh new names so i've got to ask you um and the names kind of some of them are named you know kind of connected with animals some are kind of connected with uh you know themes tied to a city or a region 
So I'm going to throw each at you. You got to tell me which one you like better. Okay. The bootleggers or the beavers? Oh, I like bootleggers. Yeah. I like bootleggers. Is that what, which, uh, where do you have that coming out of? The New England? Uh, no. Well, you know, I'm a Chicago guy. Chicago. Oh, Al, Al, okay. Al Capone. I mean, you know, yeah. Oh, I, I like go that. with gangsters. It's, you know, it's it just not, it's not, it's, it, you can't get away with that anymore. So bootleggers a little bit more. I like bootleggers a lot. Well, yeah, that's definitely, and that transparently that has, that's not the first time I think it's been on a sheet. I've, I've seen it on a sheet, but it's never turned into uh, uh, anything uh, more than that. But maybe in the future. Maybe so in no the future. residuals for the hammer. Yeah. <laughs> you at least got to get the guy a jersey, right? With yeah, oh, yeah, we can definitely, we can definitely make that happen. We can definitely make that happen. <laughs> Rob is the eternal merch whore, in case you don't know. <laughs> yeah, we gotta get, we got, we we definitely have to uh, definitely fix the, uh, the that um, in the backdrops for both of you. Get some, yeah. get some well, songs. we continuously say on the show here, our loyalties can be bought. We <laughs> yeah, often they sell. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Believe it to some of the, the whoever the uh, your your best. Uh, listener from our, our coaching staff will be to you know to start getting some fandom pulled you know either direction so maybe you have to be a see, see right. who uh jumps at the uh the opportunity well my boys are fee and wags amazing amazing yeah, perfect all right so as we jump out of the familiar this or that the quick tap as the fans know again a reminder we are here talking about pr7s and its upcoming events a busy calendar for them separated between the east and the western conferences for the first time but ultimately still hoping for one grand winner in both the men's and women's format but uh we're going to dive a little bit deeper here with owen as we get into a little bit more of the details rugby be adjacent or i should say pr7 is adjacent on this one run pass or kick my friend the late june through to mid july rugby calendar is pretty packed with a lot of great events uh, on u.s soil um there's the mlr final there's the new york city sevens being revealed there's pr7s in the middle it's a pretty jam-packed party right mm-hmm. and right now you're looking like we're nearly at capacity in this party um, so there lies a, a question. I set it up. Are we asking simply too much of the American rugby fan with such a busy calendar? Your thoughts? Yeah, well, definitely run. Um, sure. You know, I think there are, it's a very big country, right? And, uh, you know, in, in looking at the, the, the market and kind of what the, what the next 10 years of rugby development look like in the US, right? You know, there is with the kind of 31, 33 World Cups coming, um, there is a lot of the US uh, that is, I think, um, needing, you know, it's probably undersaturated in terms of the rugby, you know, live rugby events and, and content that that come across. Um, you know, I, I think especially now to, you know, with, um, you know, with our kind of expanding schedule, you know, we we definitely want to fill some of the gaps around the year and and plug into windows that are you know a little bit you know most you know more conducive for um, you know for for the um, you know for, for the success of of, of the events, um, which is you know largely why we look at the summertime and kind of you know where where we schedule that. Um, you know, I my, my 
take on it at the moment is that more rugby is better, right? I think when, when especially when we are, um, you know, we're growing, you know, there's, we have yet to get into a place where we have two rugby events in the same city on at the same time on the same day. When that happens, I will say then there might be too much rugby happening in, in, in a given market or, you know, in the U.S. But, you know, we are, I think when, when you look at our schedule relative to MLR, four of the five markets we're going to don't have an MLR team. Um, you know, that's an opportunity to bring, you know, world-class players and athletes um, into a market. Some of the markets will be the first time they've ever, you know, with Pittsburgh and, and Minnesota, um, will be the first time pro rugby has ever been in one of those markets. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so, you know, in that respect, I think there's, you know, still, and, and, you know, when I look at scheduling for 2024 and the potential markets we'd be going to there, um, there are five or six cities that also will um, either have no, you know, existing rugby um, or, you know, professional rugby uh, competition in there um, or have never had it ever. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I think there is a, um, you know, we, we very much view ourselves as trying to kind of elevate and, and grow the game kind of collaboratively with, with everybody else. And, you know, if, uh, if, if the room ever gets, you know, too small, we'll definitely, you know, we'll continue to find new rooms to, you know, to, to take the party to, but um, no, I think it's been, you know, everything has been working pretty well so far. And I, you know, I don't know what the third, you know, what, what the uh, outside feedback may be, but um, you know, from my perspective, I think, um, you know, there's a lot of, of things that, you know, we can, um, you know, we, we can do to, you know, continue to, to build and, and, and grow the sport in the U S. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. I mean, and the reason I thought of the question is, is, you know, the MLR finals on July 8th and it's the same day as it happens to be as a Midwest qualifier for the men's national sevens competition. Right. And then you're, you're nestled in there. Um, you know, with PR sevens. And of course you have that, that the NY, the New York city seven. So it's just a lot of rugby happening. And, and like you say, for, for m- most of us that are well-heeled and well-invested in rugby, more rugby, more better. Uh, but let's get to what I think the big question that a lot of fans want to know more about on May 2nd, an absolute major coup for PR sevens. It was announced that black fern star, World star Ruby Tui will be part of the PR7's events. Now, subsequently, for fans that haven't followed as closely as perhaps Ty and Scott and myself do, Stacy Waka, Kelsey uh, Tinetti, uh, Taisha, uh, and I'm probably butchering some of these, uh, Iconacio, uh, Manila Nuku, uh, Rhodes Featherstone, Katona Vai, um, will all also be competing all of them coming both from the men's and women's sides from new zealand sevens um run passer kick can you provide any insight to how this relationship with you know uh the new zealand sevens uh came about yeah i mean well yeah i mean one where ruby obviously the the you know is amazing for for us and i and i think you know it's amazing for uh you know the sport of rugby in the U.S. Um, for for women's rugby in the U.S. Um, you know, for how you know, where where the development of the game is going globally. I mean, I think to have you know the the buy-in of a, of a player of her caliber um, and, and and you know uh, and reach star power reach. Yeah, I mean, just a, just a, a really an immense presence to to the game. And so 
um, you know, we're, we're really excited to have her be a part of, of it this summer and, and really, you know, have her as a, you know, as a, as a messenger, right. You know, for, right. for the sport. I mean, I think she does a great job of bringing new fans in, bringing new people that, that never have seen the sport, even, you know, or, you know, for maybe in New Zealand for the women's game specifically, but um, you know, I think as a, as a person with the star power that, that she has, um, to be that messenger to to bring bring new fans into the game in the U.S., I think you know that will, it's going to be fantastic. So um, we're we're really excited and feel tremendously fortunate to have have her coming across as you know as with uh, with Stacy and and you know all the other um, all blacks and, and black ferns. Um, you know, the uh, last summer we had Brady Rush, um, who was part of the competition, um, and. and it was actually a little bit of a, you know, he, he came over last minute in some capacity. I mean, we, you know, he was announced as part of the headliners roster, but then, um, you know, we, we had uh, you know, been in touch and kind of had been in contact, um, you know, with a lot of foreign unions. Um, and, you know, one of the things I think that, um, you know, we, we've seen is, you know, we, we try and prioritize to have, you know, for athletes have a great experience, right. And to you know be able to come over and to, um, you know, I think hopefully enjoy, competing in the u.s and, and experiencing some of the best parts of it um and i you know i think it went it went well and helped us kind of establish some some credibility um you know with um with you know in, in new zealand um you know I, I think what a lot of the you know high performance staff in new zealand sees is you know the, the benefit is that um you know it's a, it's a it's a change of scenery for a lot of players that are you know kind of really engaged in a you know a, a small team uh, for a large portion of the year um, and, you know, for the ability to kind of get out of that bubble and potentially go and compete in a different environment, a different, um, a different set of circumstances, different market entirely um, is conducive to their growth and development and performance as players. Um, and I think kind of with that, you know, that, that switch is flipped and, you know, there's kind of, um, that, that precedent established, uh, it, it really has created a, a very positive dynamic, um, you know, for us and, and, um, and, you know, New Zealand rugby. Um, so, uh, we're, we're extremely excited to have uh, you know, all these, all these players, uh, coming over, um, to, to compete as part of the league. Um, I think it'll be, you know, a real, uh, treat for fans to see, um, you know, some of these, you know, these players come over and, and, you know, what, and just the level of skill, the level of, you know, of rugby IQ that, that they bring, um, you know, it, especially alongside some of our, you know, established U.S. players and you know, players that they compete regularly on, you know, head to head on the international circuit, but what it will also be like when they're on the same team, right? What happens when you, um, you know, mix a, 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 a black fern and a team USA player or USA Eagle, um, you don't really ever get to see that. Um, and this will be a really cool opportunity for that to happen um, and to see how these teams kind of mesh and, 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 you know, the cultures come together. So it's a really, really exciting summer for us. And I think, um, you know, a, a major step forward for, for where we're going. Yeah. I think a lot of fans, as you said, are going to get some great entertainment value out of being able to see players of this caliber uh, compete 
alongside athletes that will be the next generation or are currently that generation on the highest platform for rugby in both, uh, you know, men's and women, but in this case, particular for the woman. Um, and it's, it's really about the product on the field, right? That rugby attainment is kind of the, the phrase that we've coined. And that is always a core focus for PR sevens and sevens in general has become successful in the U S because of that. And you're continuing that on the field with, by bringing in this great talent. Um, I wanted to be able to dive into our last and final question here, Owen, and, and I'm going to kind of give you a, a little bit of an, an open format here. Mm-hmm. Um, you touched on it a moment ago that C- CBS will be one of the broadcast partners, but you're yet to be able to announce the next partner. And this is kind of a, a split mm-hmm. in, in, in how it might have been done because you've got different conference finals, right? Mm-hmm slightly different how it's happened before and maybe that's kind of how some of this has been positioned um i I guess my question i want to be able to leave you with is what can we expect from here until that first uh uh, um, game day what can we expect the next things to be revealed if anything you're comfortable sharing what would fans be on the lookout for yeah absolutely i mean one of the uh we have a couple more rosters to go. I believe we have uh, we had released the headliners today, and there are two more rosters coming out uh, this week. Um, we have a live music act that will be uh, in Austin that will be coming out this week, um, which we're we're very excited about, and I think people in Austin will be very excited about. Um, you know, some global distribution where you know where the content will go, right? Where you know where how do you see PR sevens? You know, in, in New Zealand, where that will go, um, same same with Europe. Um, that you know, I, I think the other pieces will start to build out are some of the narratives, right? I think one of the biggest things that we want to try and create around um, this season, in particular, with the structure and the format that we've we've created, is uh, really getting to know these teams and their stories, the players, the coaches, um, what winning means to them, what rugby means to them. Um, you know, a lot of our focus this year is going to be on um, on storytelling and, and uh-huh. on creating, I think, that depth of, of, of competition and, you know, that, that will hopefully anchor everything and kind of provide the, I think, the framework on which the stories get told. Um, but it, it is, um, those are probably the biggest things that will be focused on as far as kind of communications coming out from us and, and how we you know, continue to, to, to build. Um, I, I think we have some some really fantastic players that'll be a part of it this year. I think there's some you know, legacy cultures that will be carrying forward into into this year um, with, with uh, continuity on the rosters, um, but also the the inclusion of some you know some of the major international stars, some of the you know, U.S. talent that you know was you know, was was. I guess so in part involved last year, but more, you know, more so this year, um, you know, how that all comes together. Some of the identity you know, one of the big you know, series that we did this year and kind of uh, trying to get the uh, franchises moving, I guess, in, in some capacity was, was our talent ID and, and, and community outreach. Um, provisions. Um, you know, we have stories out of that of, of players who, Know, came to a tryout, right? Identified as a as a player, and now are on uh, on a PR sevens roster, right? And so to follow them from the you know take a bib and register right. to you know actually maybe possibly stepping on the field um, on the same. And, field. I, and I think in general that's something that American sports does very well. 
right, like shares right. the story and like get you to fall in love with the person and the sport mm-hmm. through their eyes and their journey. And it becomes relatable. It beca- it's a wonderful tool to be able to employ mm-hmm. for a couple of reasons. One, it's true, right? Mm-hmm. It's sincere. It's relatable. These things are such powerful marketing magnets. And then when you get eyeballs to be able to tune in and follow somebody on their journey, they'll fall in love with the sport. Inevitably. Absolutely. Yeah, I was going to add, I mean, a shameless plug, but two Midwest guys that have just great stories because it really models, oh, you know, the American, the journey for the American rugby players, Will Chevalier, um, who I know very well. I've known him since he was, you know, knee high to a groundhog. And Noah Brown, you know, two guys that came out of the college uh, system, played men's club rugby, won a national championship, um, have competed for a CRC championship recently, are now, you know, professional rugby players. I mean, those are compelling stories, as Ty said. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I mean, it, it's when we talk about PR seven. When I when I talk about PR sevens, and I, you know, I'm, I'm a little sometimes removed from the. The, the high performance side of the equation, but where, you know, when I think about what we are as a competition, but really we're a platform company, right? We are a platform for athletes to showcase themselves, right? You know, mm-hmm. whether that's on the field, whether that's off the fields, whether that's in a, in, in social media, digital media, in, in long form video and short form video, um, you know, there are, you know, we have, I think 192 uh, athletes on, on that will be on match day rosters. And if you actually expand it out to 18, my math isn't good enough to do 18 times 12 off the top of my head. I think that's what 180 plus 30, two, 216, um, you know, 216 athletes that are now um, you're just showing off on. Remember that. background from before. Um, but but you know, two, 216 stories, right? 216 stories that are, are waiting to be told oh. that. Um, you know, will be, I think, you know, competing for what we, you know, what we view as just glory, right? It's the opportunity mm-hmm. to hoist a, hoist a trophy on Fox Sports 1 um, in front of, you know, a potential television audience of, you know, 90 million Americans, right? I mean, that is, you know, that's what we're trying to do, right? It's about creating the platform, creating the stage and, and letting, uh, letting the personalities and the stories fill it. Um, I like that's it. what I'm most excited about. Yeah, and a lot of fans across the nation are excited too. And I wanted to take the opportunity again to remind those folks that are tuning in, you've been spending your time not only here with us on the Rugby Rant, but more importantly with Owen Scannell, who's been talking about the PR7's upcoming events, an exciting new, uh, I would say, chapter in its in, in its glory. And we expect that it will be successful as it has been already. We'll stay close to the action, whether it be on field or whether it be uh, through the show. We'll try to stay connected as best we can to it so we can share it with you as the fans back home. Uh, Owen, it's a bit of a tradition here on the Rugby Rant, though, that we hand the microphone back to our guests to be able to send a shout out to anybody or any organization they think deserves it. So the floor is yours again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, one of the coolest things, I think, for what I'm doing now, right, is, you know, there are, you know, very transparently, there are a lot of uh, hard days in trying to make pro rugby work in the United States. and the things that I think kind of help uh, boost me um, up the most is when, you know, I kind of go out and you know, try and 
go see the places that we're going to, right? And connect with some of the people um, that are, you know, are doing great work on the ground. Um, you know, one of the, um, you know, organizations that I saw um, that, you know, I went, was fortunate enough to be invited to one of their their dinners um, for, for a new Hall of Fame survey was um, Rock Rugby based out of, uh, of Round Rock, Texas, um, you know, academy started by Paul McCartney. Um, you know, they, you know, I think they've been around for, uh, I think, 12 or maybe even longer than that, 12 years now, but I think even potentially even longer, I might just be getting the, the dates wrong, but, um, you know, hosting a dinner where, you know, they are talking about all the sides that they're putting together, all of the, um, you know, the, the components uh, of where they're doing some of the outreach in, in high schools and, middle, and, and, you know, even down to middle school and youth levels. Um, and just to see, you know, they gathered up 120 people in the, you know, in, in this facility that they built, um, it was a, you know, very inspiring to see for me, right? It's one of those things where, you know, we're, you know they hosted our open trial um, at, at the field that they built there. Um, you know, it was a really, um, you know, it, it, there's a, a lot of, I think, really good work being done on the, um, you know, in, in American rugby right now um, from, you know, the, the grassroots to, you know, what we're trying to do on, on the professional side. Um, and so, you know, that was just, you know, a, a, a quick shout out to, to them. And obviously give, I think they have uh, social handles. If you look up rock rugby, I believe you can find it, but, um, yeah, that would be my, my shout out. Excellent. Love it. And it's always great to be able to highlight those folks that help us get to the greater goal, right? Which is to be able to help grow rugby. And that's certainly what we aim to do here on the Rugby Rant week after week with your help as the fans who continue to be able to tune in week after week. And more importantly, go out and enjoy rugby in person and bring a friend, family, whoever it may be. Let's introduce as many people to the sport we all love so dearly and share the stories in between because that's one thing that PR7s is continuing and promises to continue doing through each and every one of the players and those people that come to see them provide such great entertainment. Owen, once again, it's been a pleasure to be able to have you with us on behalf of myself, Ty, the Sapphire Braga, Rob, the Hammer Hammerschmidt, and Scott, the big guy Ferrara. Thank you very much for joining us here, Owen. And uh, we hope to be able to see you back again shortly to be able to talk about more seasons to come. Thanks so much, guys, for having me again. This has been a blast. Um, and I, I hope uh, I get a, a third look at some point. It would be, be an honor to be back again. So. Thank you, guys. Door's always open, man. Thank you so much. All right, folks, there you have it. Another great episode of the Run Parcel Kick Interviews delivered. And by way of Owen Skinnell, CEO to the PR7s program. And we will be back again with another great rugby insider next week. So I guess from myself and the team, we'll see you at the next. Welcome to the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, your premier North American rugby podcast, growing rugby one fan at a time.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.